Welcome to this month's special programming series, Spotlight on Neurology and Psychiatry, on ReachMD XM157. Most psychiatric medications can cause weight gain and ultimately obesity. What can we do to combat this? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host, and with me today is Dr. Thomas Schwartz. Dr. Schwartz is currently Associate Professor of Psychiatry, Director of Adult Outpatient Services, and Assistant Director for Residency Training at SUNY Upstate Medical University, where he also directs the Depression and Anxiety Disorders Research Program. His clinical and research interests include treatment-resistant depression and anxiety, psychosomatic illness, adult psychopharmacology, and antidepressant augmentation for efficacy and tolerability. Welcome to ReachMD. Great. Well, thank you for having me. Tom, you're one busy guy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they try to keep me busy here. Just saying all your titles takes up a significant amount of time. Now, you've written and researched extensively weight gain, especially with psychiatric medications. Which of our meds are the biggest offenders in causing this weight gain? Well, I think certainly in the research literature and the popular press, the medications we call the atypical antipsychotics are the biggest culprits. And We use those to treat schizophrenia and bipolar illness and and some other things. So they are being used more and more, and we are noticing more and more weight gain. Are they all created equally in terms of weight gain? You know, I think that's a great question. My answer would be no. Uh, The FDA makes all of these products carry a warning about excessive weight gain, but certainly the, you know, I think the drug olanzapine, which goes under the brand name Zyprexa, probably definitively has the most weight gain of that whole group. The drug probably with the least amount of weight gain in that group is a product called Ziprazidone. Its trade name is Geodon. So there is. There is a little bit of a balance. Some are worse than others. How do they cause weight gain? Is it just that people eat more? What's the mechanism? The answer is, to be honest, we don't completely know, uh, but we have some ideas. I think some of these drugs stimulate eating. Uh, There's a property called antihistamine that's similar to what we find in Benadryl. And in animals and humans, if we take a lot of this kind of medications with this antihistamine property, we do eat more. It stimulates our brain to make us always feel hungry. So I think some of the drugs have that property. There's some serotonin activity with many of these medications. And then another model, when you manipulate the certain serotonin receptor, also causes people to eat, store more of their calories, basically like they're hibernating. So sometimes there's a one-two punch with these drugs where not only is it eating, you're, you're almost programmed to gain weight, store that weight. And so, again, they're all created a little uh, differently as far as those risks. You know, I've been curious, Tom, with the antihistamine hypothesis. It doesn't seem to me, although clearly I'm not an allergist, that people who do take antihistamines on a regular basis gain weight. Yeah, I think it's the amount of antihistamine you take is part of it. Maybe perhaps uh, I'm going to go out on a limb. Some of the medications we use may have a little bit more antihistamine potential. But again, it also leads us back to there's got to be a little bit more going on. And if you're blocking particularly a serotonin type 2C receptor, we'll sound really technical here, in animal models, that's a key to rapid weight gain. A lot of our medications block a chemical called dopamine. We think that's how it stops the symptoms of schizophrenia or uh, bipolar mania. But even blocking dopamine elevates prolactin levels in some people, which is associated with weight gain. So I think you're right. Many of the medicines we use are a little bit more complicated than the antihistamines that we use for allergies. Mm. Now, what about with antidepressants? Certainly in terms of most people listening to our show, probably they prescribe more antidepressants than antipsychotics. What's the reality of weight gain there? I'm biased, of course, because it's an area that we research and, and we look into. It really 
bothers me. We get a lot of patients better, and they used to come in and say, well, now that I'm on my antidepressant, I have all these sexual dysfunction problems, and I want to stop it now. And then the next biggest complaint was I've gained 10, 20 pounds over the last one to two years. I want to stop my medication now. And sometimes stopping the medicine too early really runs you into problems and the depression comes back. So I really took a more active role, I think, just in my practice before we got on the research end of this, looking at you know this weight gain phenomenon. Now, it's not as robust. It doesn't happen as quickly as, let's say, the atypical antipsychotics. But I think the average patient probably gains about 10 pounds over a year with certain antidepressants and sometimes more. So I think this level of weight gain really sneaks up on you, and you don't realize it because it's more gradual. So I think it's an important side effect. There's really no studies proving that these drugs induce diabetes or cholesterol problems. But if somebody were to do a very big database project uh, to really look at new onset of these things, I bet you we'd start finding them. Now, in terms of antidepressants, what about the differences there? Are there some more likely to cause weight gain than others? No, another great question. And again, you're going to see there's some differences Perhaps one of the worst of the newer antidepressants as far as waking is a product called mirtazapine. Its brand name is Remeron. It really shares that antihistamine and that serotonin 2C, 1-2 punch we discussed that drugs like Cyprexa or Clozril have. So if you want to see some remarkable 20 to 30 pounds of weight gain, that's probably the worst of the newer medications. And probably the best as far as not causing weight gain is a product called Welbutrin. Its generic name is Bupropion. And if anything, people will shed a couple pounds on average with that product. Now, that product doesn't do anything to um, facilitate serotonin, mm. which is, again, another chemical that's been implicated in weight gain. So there is a certainly a, a bell-shaped curve. And if we take a historical approach, the older medicines like the tricyclics and the MAOI products dating back to the 50s have also been associated with weight gain. And many of those are serotonergic, they affect serotonin, and they block histamine. And if you wanted to split hairs, the drugs that had more norepinephrine involved and less antihistamine and less serotonin probably had less weight gain. I think it's always been a side effect that's been around. I just don't think we've paid as much attention to it because it's more of a gradual side effect. What's the reality of weight gain with the SSRIs, say like Lexapro, Selexa, Prozac, the ones that are commonly used? Yeah, again, there is not a lot of data, but what I can share with you, there was one uh, particularly interesting study when I think the big three were out, Paxil, Prozac, and Zoloft. And I remember looking at that study a while back, and and Paxil had the most weight gain in that particular uh, trio. And if you try to put together all the other data that's out there, you'll see some interesting things. And, And the Prozac data initially showed weight loss. So we were very excited about this drug when, in the first six to eight weeks, people seemed to lose five, six pounds. And we were starting to prescribe it off label, likely for weight reduction. What you find is if you follow that drug out over six months to a year, people may have gained about 15 pounds. Mm. So there's a net weight gain of 5 to 10 pounds. So even though it looks good at the beginning, the pounds add up later. Selexa and Lexapro being newer, we don't have as much long-term data. And again, what I see is uh, every patient is different. At the end of the day, every patient is the one that counts. And we'll see some people can gain 20, 30 pounds over time. I would say the average is probably 5 to 10. So they all do it. They all affect serotonin. I I really couldn't tell you which of them are are better than another at this point, except Paxil seems to carry probably the greatest risk as far as the literature and and per my experience. Now, what can we do about it? Is there any hope in patients that have to be on antipsychotics or antidepressants to combat this weight gain? Well, in in the world of depression and anxiety, I'm a big advocate for psychotherapy. Uh, tends not to cause weight gain. Certainly, if my patients come in and you know, if they're not too severely depressed or anxious, as an example, we might suggest psychotherapy, particularly if they're going to be very weight conscious or psycho side effect conscious. 
For the antipsychotics, it's harder because there's not a lot of great psychotherapies for stopping mania or stopping the acute psychosis of schizophrenia. Ideally, I think if somebody is already overweight, has cholesterol problems or blood sugar problems, if they already come in with those medical issues, probably choosing an atypical antipsychotic that's more favorable. And right now, the data would support probably Geodon or Abilify being the most favorable products. So again, if they already have those problems, I would try to stick to the least offensive monotherapy. The other way to think about it is if you take a good family history, maybe your patient comes in without these medical problems, but everybody in their family has type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure problems. Again, you might not want to choose a Zyprexa, Risperdal, or Seroquel right away because they have a greater chance of inducing those illnesses if the patient already has the genetics for it. So one idea is kind of more of a preventative model, pick the drugs that would be least offensive. Now, what if you inherit the patient on something like olanzapine and they've gained weight? Is that a case where you would advocate switching to one of these other medications because of the weight gain? Yeah, that's a great question, and it's a tough call. I'm a very big advocate. If you have a medication that's working very well, almost regardless of diagnosis, you really are at risk if you switch it. So sometimes when you take that medication away, they relapse into their illness. One idea would be to work on diet and exercise. Now, again, I think that's very tough with schizophrenia patients. Even my depressed patients, they don't seem to want to get on their treadmills. So it's tough, but I think you do a lot of that motivational interviewing, work towards lifestyle change if possible. The other thing I think you could look into is we are starting to develop some on- and off-label antidotes. So, for example, one thing I've been fond of um, is the product Zenical. Its generic name is Orlistat. It's an FDA-approved weight loss agent. I believe it's over-the-counter now on the uh, name brand Ally. And this product is a fat-blocking drug, and you take it when you eat your meals, and it does block absorption of fat in your gut. In my practice, if I've given people 10 to 20 pounds of weight gain, I can usually take about half of it off. And so it's an FDA-approved drug for, for weight loss. It's not addictive. It doesn't raise your blood pressure. It does cause gastrointestinal upset in about a third of my patients. Um, so that can be difficult from a tolerability point of view. But that's one antidote which, which I found successful. Another option is off-label, but we are seeing good uh, randomized studies now, particularly in adolescents, on the antipsychotics uh, using a drug called metformin. Uh, its brand name is glucophage. It's a diabetes medicine. And what we think it does is, as part of this metabolic syndrome of the weight gain that's induced, it, it starts making people look diabetic. It might even create diabetes. So almost using a diabetes medicine to counteractivate the weight gain is, is a nice idea. And the one study I really liked was they took a group of patients, all were adolescents gaining weight on their atypical antipsychotics, and they randomized people halfway through their weight gain into a placebo or into this metformin product. And it was remarkable that the people that got the placebo kept gaining. The, the graph keeps going off the chart. The people that were placed on metformin in a blinded fashion, their weight gain halted. So I've been using this product for a while, but it's very nice to see this peer-reviewed, double-blind, placebo-controlled data showing the effect I see in my office. So that's another idea. You could use the Zenical product if you want to manage fat-based weight gain and possibly this metformin, uh, the glucophage project for carbohydrate-induced gain. Now, glucophage, so this would be in the absence of increased blood sugars or any sort of diabetic markers, just using it purely off-label to counteract the weight gain? Correct, yeah. And again, I think whenever you're going certainly off-label, you need to be aware of the risks and the benefits, but correct. Uh, I don't believe you'll see too much in the way of blood sugars bottoming out. I don't think you have to put people on finger sticks. It does make sense to get a a good set of baseline labs. You do warn people about low blood sugar symptoms, and, and certainly you can check them if you want. Probably the greatest side effect in my practice is nausea or stomach upset. 
And the other one is you do have to watch for acidosis. People can drop their bicarbonate levels and develop an acidosis type picture where they'll really they'll feel like they have the flu and they feel completely crummy. So you're going to want to monitor their SMA7 values over time. So it's not a free-for-all. You really can't go and put everybody on any medicine you want. But certainly, I think developing uh, hypercholesterol and increased glucose levels in your blood, it's worth trying to treat those if you can. Well, thank you for sharing the latest on psychotropic-induced weight gain with us. Great. Well, thank you. We've been discussing this problem with Dr. Thomas Schwartz. I'm Dr. Leslie Lent. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Thank you for listening. Listen all month as ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals, features a special series, Spotlight on Neurology and Psychiatry.